Welcome to The Rundown, your source for the latest news and updates from the Kansas Legislative Division of Post Audit, featuring LPA staff talking about recently released audit reports and discussing their main findings, key takeaways, and why it matters. I'm Brad Hoff. In July 2022, LPA released a performance audit examining whether Kansas's centralized cybersecurity services are cost-effective and meet statutory requirements and state agencies' needs. I'm with Andy Brienzo, Principal Auditor at Legislative Post Audit, who supervises this audit. Also joining us is Sam Dads, one of the audit team members. Welcome to the rundown, Andy and Sam. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. So before we begin discussing the audit's findings, uh, let's talk about the Kansas Cybersecurity Act and the responsibilities the Kansas Information Security Office, otherwise known as KISO, has in helping reduce state agencies' cybersecurity risks. Okay, so the 2018 Kansas Cybersecurity Act created the Kansas Information Security Office, or KISO, as part of the Office of Information Technology Services, or OITS. So OITS provides information technology services to Kansas state agencies. This includes things like um, statewide data center services, the CanWin telecommunications network, those ks.gov email addresses that state uh, employees use, things like that. So KISO, as part of OITS, is responsible for coordinating cybersecurity services for state agencies. Now, notably, the Cybersecurity Act primarily requires it to facilitate agencies' cybersecurity rather than directly provide a bunch of services. So the Cybersecurity Act included 15 requirements for KISO. We outlined that in the report in Figure 1, all the things that they're supposed to do. Some of them are related to providing services to state agencies. Others are sort of generalized um, responsibilities that go beyond providing specific security services. But agencies are not required to use most of KISO services. The Cybersecurity Act retained state agencies' responsibility for their own cybersecurity. So it's really up to them whether they decide to use most of of KISO's services. Um, A few examples would include like providing a cybersecurity training program to state agencies or helping facilitate agencies' cybersecurity governance, helping them develop compliant cybersecurity programs, things of that nature. The team found that KISO offers agencies three cybersecurity service levels. Talk about uh, what these levels are Uh, how state agencies access them, and how many agencies use each level. So as you mentioned, KISO organized the services that it provides agencies into three levels. Um, They have technical names, but for the purposes of simplicity, we will call them basic, intermediate, and advanced services. So there's 18 basic services that KISO offers to agencies. These actually fall into two different categories. Um, Some are automatic and others are opt-in. So eight of them are automatic basic services. So as I mentioned earlier, OITS provides centralized IT services to state agencies, things like CanWin or KS.gov email, and KISO secures those services. So these basic automatic services are focused on securing OITS's services Agencies may not know they're getting them. They kind of operate in the background. But these would be things like suspicious email filtering um, of the for the ks.gov email addresses that state employees use. 
Agencies that use Canwin can also opt in to 10 additional basic services. These don't um, require contracts or for agencies to pay any more. Um, and those are more focused on um, securing the agencies, meeting the agency's needs than the automatic basic services, which, as I mentioned, were focused on securing OITS's services. Um, so these are more tailored to the agencies. There are things like scanning agency systems for vulnerabilities or giving agency staff security awareness training. Okay, so intermediate level services, there's five of those. Agencies can opt into those too. These are generally higher level versions of the basic services. They are tailored to the agency. And one of the critical distinguishing features is that they involve giving Kiso some level of control. So Kiso might come in and set up and manage a firewall for the agency's system, for example. And agencies that want these services typically have to sign a contract with Kiso and pay a little bit more for them. And then finally, we have advanced services. So this is really Kiso providing an information security officer to the agency to provide um, cybersecurity leadership. So this is things like uh, developing agency policies that comply with state and federal requirements, some of those governance things that um, a specialist who knows cybersecurity um, can do for agencies. Uh, and this is also something that agencies generally have to sign a contract for um, with Kiso and, and pay more for. So as I mentioned before, agencies don't have to use most of these services. Um, there's about 74 agencies um, and 65 of them received at least automatic basic services just because they use CanWin. But then we see the numbers drop off as we get into the higher level services. So only 15 of 74 agencies had contracts with Kiso for intermediate services, and 10 of 74 agencies had contracts with Kiso for advanced services when we reviewed um, agencies' service usage in February of 2022. Now, while question one of the audit touched upon Kiso services alignment with the Cybersecurity Act, the team's work focused primarily on whether the Kiso's cybersecurity services actually meet state agencies' needs. How did you approach answering this question? So in order to get at um, whether Kiso services met state agencies' needs, we primarily relied on what state agencies thought about whether Kiso's services met their needs. So we did this in a couple of different ways. The primary way we got at this was through a survey that Sam's going to talk about in just a minute, but we also talked to the IT leadership from a selection of seven different executive branch agencies. So this included agencies that used a lot of Kiso services, some that only benefited from a few basic uh, services. We um, also tried to introduce some variety into our selection in terms of how well the agencies did on LPA cybersecurity audits um, in terms of how many cybersecurity control issues they had. And I'll get into that more uh, in a little bit. But we ended up with seven agencies, as I mentioned, the Board of Healing Arts, the Department of Agriculture, Department of Revenue, Kansas Public Employees Retirement System, the Racing and Gaming Commission, Secretary of State's Office, and the State Treasurer's Office. And of course, everything that you know they told us was reflective of their opinions and isn't something that we could we could project to all state agencies or assume that all state agencies would agree with, but that it gave us the opportunity to dive into a little bit more detail with um, the IT leadership in some agencies and, and sort of supplement what we were hearing in the survey. 
Uh, as Andy had mentioned, uh, we did conduct a survey. Uh, for this survey, uh, we surveyed 57 executive branch agency officials whose agencies are on the CanWin network. Those officials self-identified as the best participants for our survey from their respective agencies. Out of those 57 officials, 50 responded to our survey for about an 88% response rate. Of those 50 respondents, eight officials work for OITS as part of the state's IT consolidation efforts, and a few agencies also share cybersecurity staff, so those responses may reflect the experiences of the responding officials for all of the agencies they represent. This means that survey responses are not projectable to all state agencies. Uh, we asked uh, respondents questions about the types of cybersecurity services their agency consumes from KISO. Uh, they were also asked about the quality and the cost-effectiveness of those services. The questions consisted of multiple-choice and open-ended responses, so we could get uh, some additional qualitative context to the quantitative information we were receiving back. So, Sam, you mentioned you had 50 respondents for the survey. So what kinds of opinions did the respondents have about KISO based on their survey responses? So respondents generally had positive opinions about KISO's cybersecurity services overall. For example, 34 respondents, which was about 68%, said that KISO provided quality services overall, and 30 respondents, which was about 60%, said KISO services had improved their agency's cybersecurity. Uh, but the most positive opinions were expressed about KISO's intermediate and advanced cybersecurity services. For example, 12 respondents, or about 92%, uh, whose agencies received KISO's advanced services, said those services mostly met or exceeded their agency's needs, while 34 respondents, which was about 68%, said KISO's automatic basic cybersecurity services mostly met or exceeded their agency's needs. Uh, however, officials didn't always know their agency's cybersecurity needs or what cybersecurity services their agencies received from KISO. For example, 11 respondents, or about 22%, didn't know if their agencies had cybersecurity needs KISO wasn't meeting, and 16 respondents, or about 32%, didn't know whether their agency signed contracts for KISO's intermediate cybersecurity services. So, as Andy mentioned, the audit team talked to seven uh, state agencies and their officials. Talk a little bit about how the takeaways from the survey compared to what you learned from talking to officials from those seven state agencies. Yeah, what we heard from the more in-depth conversations we had the chance to have with the uh, seven state agencies we reviewed was pretty similar to what Sam just outlined from the, the survey. So, for example, officials from five of the seven agencies we reviewed had positive overall opinions of KISO services or staff. Um, and a few of them, they, they praised specific things like uh, KISO's vulnerability scanning, their security awareness training, and the quality of their information security officers. We also got the sense that they had limited knowledge about KISO services. For example, three suggested that they may have used more of KISO services if KISO had made them better aware of those services, suggesting that there's not always a lot of insight into what is out there um, for agencies to make use of. And then two said they didn't know whether their agency or KISO is responsible for basic tasks, like fixing issues identified by vulnerability scans, which suggests a lack of insight into the services that they are using, how those are supposed to be working, and how to tell sort of if they're working we also found that two of the seven agencies we reviewed had contracts 
for intermediate or advanced services. But neither said they used their contracts to ensure that Kiso provided the right services. Um, and officials from one agency said that they'd never looked at their contract and weren't sure what their responsibilities were. So again, that that suggests that state agencies don't have a lot of insight or may not be fully aware of how the services that they are getting are supposed to work. And actually contract problems was something we found pretty commonly. So we actually reviewed all 15 agencies contracts for intermediate services, which is kind of that middle service level, as I mentioned, and 12 agencies had contracts with errors like um, incorrect billing practices or the wrong service provider or agencies getting services being identified, which suggests again that neither the agencies nor KISO were really reviewing these contracts and using them to determine whether the agreed upon services were being provided as, as they were supposed to. Now, as part of field work, the audit team also looked at the results from previous LPA cybersecurity audits of the seven selected agencies, and in doing so, concluded that using KISO services doesn't automatically correspond to better audit results. Explain why that is. So as a little bit of context, um, state law gives our office the authority to audit agencies' cybersecurity controls. I mentioned this very briefly before. So what we do is we have an, uh, a cybersecurity audit team that reviews whether agencies have the controls in place that allow them to meet state requirements and best practices. So we looked at the most recent LPA uh, cybersecurity audit results for the seven agencies that we reviewed, and we honed in on three particular areas that we thought aligned closely with KISO's basic and intermediate services. So the cybersecurity audit team reviews a lot of areas. Not all of them are specifically related to things that KISO's services would help improve, but we thought these three gave us the opportunity to see how well KISO's services were improving the audit outcomes for these seven agencies. And we found that the agencies using KISO services did not always have better audit outcomes than non-users. So I'll give you an example. Vulnerability scanning is one of the areas that um, our audit team, cybersecurity audit team looks at and that KISO provides, it's a service that KISO provides to agencies. And three of the seven that we reviewed used KISO's vulnerability scanning. Our cybersecurity auditors found that two of those three agencies had significant control issues in this area, and that's the, the worst category that an agency can fall into in these LPA cybersecurity audits, and one had major control issues, which is the second worst. By contrast, four agencies didn't use KISO's scanning, and although two also had significant control issues, one had minor issues in this area and one had none. So as you can see, the, the performance of the agencies that were not using KISO services in this area were overall better than, than the KISO service users. And this was uh, fairly consistent across the, the services that we looked at. And in talking to the agencies whose audits we reviewed, we found that you know the agencies that were more actively engaged in their cybersecurity seemed to have the fewest issues. And officials from those agencies indicated that they performed best when they really understood KISOs and their roles in ensuring KISOs services work. Because even when an agency uses one of KISOs services, the agency still has a role to play in ensuring the services work as, as expected um, and that they are indeed performing as, as they're supposed to and they are achieving the level of cybersecurity that they should be. 
In reading the report, it looked like the team concluded that some of the issues identified through the survey and the review of the seven selected agencies ultimately stemmed from KISO's communication practices. Talk about uh, this conclusion in more detail, uh, the recommendation that came out of it, and how KISO responded to the recommendation. From the survey, we gathered that agencies may have a limited awareness of KISO cybersecurity services. To give you an example, 21 respondents, which was about 42%, didn't know that KISO published a service catalog that outlines the cybersecurity services that they offer to agencies. Uh, also, when we asked respondents what would cause their agencies to enroll in KISO's optional basic cybersecurity services that their agencies don't currently use, the most frequent responses we received were that they would like better education of the services and they would like to have greater awareness of those services. Additionally, some respondents also told us that they're not cybersecurity experts and that it's difficult for them to understand cybersecurity requirements. And I think this ties into what Andy was saying um, about agencies understanding their roles and the roles of KISO uh, in terms of meeting the agency's cybersecurity needs. Uh, some officials responded that they would like more guidance from KISO about cybersecurity best practices and things like trusted applications that they can use in their own environments. What this means is that non-experts are relying on KISO to distill complex cybersecurity topics into something that laypersons can understand and implement. And so based on the survey results that Sam just mentioned and our conversations with the seven agency officials from the seven agencies we selected for review, our recommendation to KISO was that they should more actively educate state agencies about cybersecurity and KISO's available services. Um, and KISO officials agreed that they could communicate better. They said that more proactive agency education and communication may help agencies understand cybersecurity, why it's important, what services are available through KISO, how they're supposed to work, and what agencies would, would get from them. Um, and they said that they're working toward more regular contact with agency officials through things like trainings, meetings, regular information bulletins. And ultimately, they said they'd like to hire a public information officer who is focused on more proactively educating um, and communicating with agency officials about KISO and its services. Now, there was a second question in the audit that the team was trying to answer, and that was whether KISO services are cost-effective. However, there were data limitations that LPA uh, ran up against, and as a result, LPA in the report uh, basically says, you know, we, we can't say one way or the other whether these services are cost-effective. Talk a little bit about what these data limitations were. In order to answer the second question, which is about whether KISO services are cost-effective, we needed to understand how much they cost KISO to provide, and then also, of course, how much they would cost agencies to, to pay for them. So KISO is a fee-funded agency. It doesn't receive an appropriation. And because of that, it charges agencies for all of the services that it provides them. And that's how it funds those services and its general operations. But although we could tell overall how much KISO is spending to provide services and then how much it is receiving in fees from agencies, we couldn't tell how much KISO spends on each 
individual service, which was an important part of determining whether the services are cost effective. And there were two reasons for this. So the first one is that Kiso doesn't track how much it costs to provide each individual service because it's staff, software, and tools support multiple services and service levels. So as an example of this, Kiso officials said that they use the same staff and tools to provide both basic and intermediate level services. And it wouldn't be feasible to divide up, for example, an individual software license and determine how much of that individual license each of Kiso's services that use the license is responsible for and then identify that as one of the costs of each individual service. The other thing is that Kiso doesn't track how much it costs to provide cybersecurity for each of OITS's services. So as I mentioned towards the beginning, OITS provides centralized IT services like the CanWin um, statewide telecommunications network or ks.gov email or a statewide data center, and Kiso secures them. But these security efforts, Kiso's security efforts for these services are also shared. For instance, Kiso staff may work on securing multiple OITS services. Now, Kiso estimates how much of its costs come from securing each of OITS's services, and they use that to decide how much to charge for each service, but they're not sure exactly how accurate those estimates are, partially because Kiso just switched to this method of determining its costs and its agency fees starting in fiscal year 2021. So so the data for the OITS services is is very new, and it's it's too early to tell whether those estimates are accurate. Now, while there were these data limitations, you did uh, collect some information uh, via the survey uh, about Kiso's cost effectiveness. So what did survey respondents and officials from your uh, seven selected agencies uh, say about Kiso's cost effectiveness? So like Kiso's cybersecurity services, survey respondents generally had positive opinions about Kiso's cost effectiveness. And their opinions were more positive about the cost effectiveness of Kiso's intermediate and advanced cybersecurity services. For example, of the agencies using Kiso's intermediate services, 10 respondents, or about 71%, said those services were cost effective and reasonably priced. But survey respondents may not be knowledgeable about Kiso's cybersecurity pricing. Uh, we got feedback from the qualitative portions of the survey where one respondent told us that they couldn't tell if the basic services are cost-effective because Kiso's basic service costs are bundled into OITS service fees. And another respondent said they don't have anything to compare Kiso's rates against to know if Kiso's services are cost-effective. Some of the things we heard from the seven agencies that we talked to in greater detail also supported the idea that um, agency officials don't always have great insight into the cost effectiveness of Kiso services. So officials from five of the seven agencies we reviewed said they couldn't comment on the cost effectiveness of Kiso services. Two of the seven, though, thought Kiso services were reasonably priced. Um, so they had positive things to say about Kiso services. One said Kiso charged fees that were similar to those of other service providers. Um, and then the other said that they would have to pay more to get uh, some of the basic services that Kiso provides them. Finally, what's the main takeaway of this audit report? 
I think the main takeaway is that although the legislature passed the Cybersecurity Act in 2018 to help improve executive branch agency cybersecurity by creating a, a centralized cybersecurity office in the form of KISO, it's not clear whether this is happening to the extent that the legislature intended. The Kansas Cybersecurity Act retained agencies' responsibility for um, their own cybersecurity and gave them the option to use KISO services or not. And as we've seen, a lot of agencies don't. Most agencies, in fact, don't use those intermediate and advanced services, which are important parts of how KISO meets its obligations under the Kansas Cybersecurity Act. So KISO officials told us that in order for agencies to have the most robust cybersecurity posture, it would be best for them to use all three levels because then every element of the Cybersecurity Act would be addressed. But that's not happening, and it's this seems to be because agency officials don't always have great insight into cybersecurity, what KISO offers, and why it's important to use. And so in order for the Kansas Cybersecurity Act to have the intended effect and for KISO to do as much as it could do in order to secure state agencies in Kansas, better communication from KISO about these issues and greater agency use of its services is probably required. Andy Brienzo is a principal auditor, and Sam Dads is an auditor at Legislative Post Audit. They worked on a performance audit examining Kansas's centralized cybersecurity services. Thanks for joining me today, Andy and Sam. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for listening to The Rundown. To receive newly released podcasts, subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more information about Legislative Post Audit and to read our audit reports, visit kslpa.org, follow us on Twitter at KSAudit, or visit our Facebook page.